me, he was the keynote speaker. He, he really was the one that, that brought what I felt was just the most powerful message. Um, I felt it, it was very difficult to get up after Austin spoke and say anything because partly I was very moved and I was being a bit choked up and partly because I, it, there was just such a sense of, of God's presence when he spoke. Um, so it's, it really is a privilege to have you to speak again. Um, and your, your story and your life, the story of your life, um, it, it's just such an important one for this church and for this town. Um, so it just feels like God's given you to us as a gift. Uh, and uh, in a way, I'm, I don't know why we've waited this long to have you come and speak to us on a Sunday morning, but um, there we go. The Lord has his way. Let's pray for Austin. Lord, thank you so much for my brother here. Lord, thank you for everything that you've done in his life. Lord God, it's just been such a profound transformation, and he is such a, a beacon of your grace. Lord, thank you for the way that you flow through him on a daily basis to minister to so many. And thank you for everything you've placed in him for us today. Lord, I just pray that you'd open our hearts, you'd open our ears. Lord, we want to see Jesus. Lord, give him your peace and give him uh, just a sense of your spirit as he speaks to us now. Amen. Good morning. This is nuts. I've always started beginning to explain to some people who don't know me. Um, nine, nine and a half years ago, I was one of the homeless community mess, living on the streets, totally addicted to alcohol and tablets. Manchester, we've got, we've got actually got seven in the UK with over 100 centres across the world, which we can tell, which helps people in that broken place. Beauty of the tell, all we have to offer is the gospel. We've got no trained counsellors. You don't get antidepressants. You get the gospel. And it is not only saved my life, And that all began here, in this very room, when I went and saw Fraser and said to him, I can't do this anymore. And I woke up in the bus stop down the road there, and it's pouring down the rain. 
And that's where it all began. The process. Which is the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's been a long journey. It's been an amazing journey. And last year, for the first time, Patel started to get involved in a thing called New Wine. So we went with a few guys and there's quite a lot of people from this church go to New Wine. And uh, we were talking <coughs> and the idea came up about me speaking yesterday down at the which was quite poignant because I used to sleep under the ramp there. As I said, just in with the rats. And I wasn't sleeping with the bell. I don't think they were too keen on it. So I was all set up to speak down there. And then out of the blue, I get. Seeing as you're here anyway, if you fancy speaking on Sunday morning. I don't know if anybody else has ever done this. Have you ever gone, someone's asked you something, and you go, yeah, yeah, of course I will. And you walk away, you have this horrible realization. <laughs> so, to say I'm nervous is an understatement. Because if anybody had said to me,
He's in the world, and Moses has spoken to Israel. We are in the Jordan in the wilderness, and therefore opposite sun, sun between Pardon, Tobol, Laban, Hazareth, and Hizzet. The eleven day journey from Hazareth by the way of Mount Shear to Casablanca. In the fourth year, the first day of the eleventh month, Moses spoke to the people of Israel according to all the Lord had given him and commanded to them. After he defeated Simon, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Asherah, Edro, sorry, and in Edro, beyond the Jordan, the land of the Moab, Moses undertook to explain the law, saying, The Lord God has said to us in Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. And this is the important. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. And take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites, and to all their neighbors now from the hill country sea coast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, and as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go and take possession of that. The Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, to give them and to their offspring to them. I'd just like to pray for a second. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity. to move forward when we use our failings and our failures as a reason not to move forward. Mm. Now, take an 11 day journey and turn it into a 40 year experience <laughs> in the desert I would say quite a major failure. <laughs> We, we do get it wrong in the tell sometimes, but never on that sort of <laughs> We've never lost anybody for 40 years. <laughs> They've been in the desert 40 years, they got very close. They are very, very close. How easy would it have been for them to say, well, it's taken 40 years to get here. It's not the promised land, but pretty good here, isn't it? You know, let's, let's stay here. You know, 40 years and that's all gone wrong, but we've got this far, so let's call it quits. You know, they could have done that. So what I did, I got my failures and made them into a blanket of self-pity that turned up myself up in it. And that 
sometimes is one of the one of the key scriptures in my walk. I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Or you say I am rich, I prosper. Leave nothing, 
too far to stop now. When Moses was giving this speech at the beginning of Deuteronomy, the only thing between them and the Jordan River, sorry, between them and the promised land was the Jordan River. He knew. Sometimes he got, it literally got down to on an hourly basis. That's how tough it became. But I just knew, in a way, stubbornly, that I wasn't going to give in because I'd seen a glimpse in the people around me what was on offer. So I knew that I couldn't go. I couldn't go back.
sometimes is fear. You've got that. <laughs> How can we be afraid? Yeah. It's, it's, it's undeniable. But I love this. It's great. <laughs> so, what makes us miss going forward? Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. Now, if that was me, bear in mind they were all frightened about the giants in the promised land and all the things that were against them there. If you're in the wilderness for 40 years, I'd be thinking, well, if I'm here at this time, God must be over there sorting that out. So when I get there, there won't be any problems. <laughs> no, I don't know. So things that kept me in that place that I was. Pray 
sometimes no one moved from our mountain. And this has happened on more than one occasion. We moved from the mountain and then moved from that place of relative comfort. And you end up in this deep, deep, dark valley. Somewhere down to the sea and ships doing business. 
saw the deeds of the Lord, his wonderful works in the deep. For he commanded and rained the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, and they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men who were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the water hushed. Then they were glad the water were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love.